0: Hi, and welcome to Marking the Roll. My name is Phil Dye. Um, This is a special bonus episode uh, where I interview Daphne Gomez from Teacher Career Coach. Um, But just before we get to Daphne's interview, this is the week where in New South Wales the government has introduced there's going to be the employment of a special behaviour chief or behaviour officer. I don't think I'll be going for that job but it just goes to show how um, dominant the issue of student behavior is. Unfortunately, I think any behavior officer's words could well conflict with some of the ideologues that are writing policy for the Department of Education. Uh, All over the country, there's going to be new behavior and inclusion policies for term four, and we have a parent information video going out this week as well. Um, Also, we made a submission to the New South Wales Parliamentary Inquiry on the teacher shortage, and that is now available if you go to the Parliamentary Inquiry pages and look under submissions. You'll see one there from uh, Philip Dye, which is me, or uh, marking the role. I think it's under my name actually. And now just quickly, before we get to the interview with Daphne, um, this is a non-for-profit podcast and uh, everything is transcribed. So this interview will be transcribed. It'll be on the Marking the Role uh, website, markingtherole.com.au. And if you're feeling generous, we'd love a little donation to help us cover the, uh, not just the transcription, but the cost of running this podcast, which we believe is essential to give a voice for teachers. And you can make that donation by going to markingtherole.com.au and click on the little yellow coffee cup. Now, for teachers leaving the field, there is a lot of difficulty. Where are you going to go? What job suits you best? Uh, How do you write your CV? All of that sort of thing. We covered that in episode 16 or some of it. But I thought to speak to an international expert on this, I talked to Daphne Gomez. Now, she's the founder and CEO of Teacher Career Coach based in California. We had some questions from listeners, which I managed to get into the interview as well. So here we go. Interview with Daphne Gomez, CEO and founder of Teacher Career Coach. Thanks for joining us, Daphne.
1: Thanks so much for having me. I'm really excited to be here.
0: Now, um, what's the mood of teachers like in the USA?
1: Um, So I've heard from so many teachers from around the country that are kind of going through a similar struggle. So I'm assuming that the reason why you're having me on is it's probably a very similar situation than that that's happening in Australia. Um, Teachers in the United States for the last few years have been pushed to their absolute breaking point. And some of them started leaving early on in the pandemic just based on the um, unrealistic expectations and changing workloads and all the political pressures that were happening, them being pulled in all of these different directions of whether or not the children are wearing masks or whether or not they should be in schools. All of that really started to um, speed up the process for many people to start leaving the classroom. I actually started Teacher Career Coach back in 2019, before the pandemic, because I knew that there was a small amount of teachers that always knew that it wasn't the forever career for them. It wasn't the perfect fit, or they were just excited about trying something different. But what I realized is really early in 2020, when I started to see so many teachers coming is once other teachers realized that it was possible for them, they did start to look outside the box for jobs with work-life balance for somewhere where they can shut down at the very end of the day because they were seeing their neighbors their colleagues leaving as well so even if it wasn't as politically and as stressful as it has been in the last few years I think that this was naturally going to start happening once other teachers started to realize that it was okay to leave teaching, and it's just like any other career where you're allowed to pivot, and if you find something that's a better career, that's you know okay. But the more teachers saw this exposure to other teachers who had left and who found higher paying positions or who found better work-life balance, the more others were actually reflecting on the last 10 years of their career and whether or not they were truly happy.
0: It sounds exactly like uh, what's happened in Australia. Um, It's really come to a head in 2022, where teachers are leaving in droves, absolute droves. And we have such a teacher shortage here, Daphne, that... um, uh students are left without teachers in classrooms. Students are being pushed into the playground because there's no one to, to take them. Um, so it is a pretty desperate situation here. Now, you started Teacher Career Coach uh, back in 2019, you said. Can you just give us a bit of information about that business?
1: Yeah, I would love to. So I'm going to go back even a couple years prior to that to my own transition out of the classroom, I left in 2017, and when I left, I did all the Google searches in the world of other jobs for teachers, or what other job am I qualified for, and I could not think of a single thing. I had no idea what teachers did when they left the classroom, and I couldn't find resources to actually support me with that. So then I started working after a few months of being Aggressively applying for jobs. I found myself working for a really well known education company. It's a Fortune 500 company. And in that role, I did, um, I spoke at national conferences in front of large groups of educators. And I continued to work in the education space. And I kept having people come up to me afterwards and say, Hey, you're a former teacher. How did you land this role? And so I've always really been passionate about helping other people and kind of advocating for you can be the best teacher in the world and still want something different with your own life. And during um, a couple of years of time, I actually transitioned from one education company to another one in a role that's called an instructional designer. So I was doing like the e-learning resources, creating online curriculum or creating like teacher certification programs. And at that time, I realized I want to create the resource that didn't exist when I left the classroom. And so in 2019, I was kind of looking at my own career trajectory, looking at my own skills, knowing how to build e-learning, adult learning theories, building courses. But what was really missing right then in 2019 when I wanted to create this um, resource was I did not have the hiring experience. I was not a stakeholder in the hiring process. So my own experience, landing two really great positions outside the classroom isn't gonna be the best general advice, or um, it's not gonna be as thorough as if I actually worked with someone with a human resources background. So in yeah, two thousand nineteen.
0: Yeah. So so taking hired... the other the other perspective, taking the perspective from the, the hirer, not the person who's yeah. after a job. Yeah.
1: So I hired um, a human resources expert with 15 years of experience and career coaching, and also from a recruiting and hiring perspective. And we worked together and created the first system of its kind, just walking teachers step-by-step through, identifying different career paths, rewriting their resumes and everything. Me teaming up with her in the way that I told her everything about education all the different ways that teacher skills um, could translate in my opinion but her having the knowledge of what hiring managers need to hear what hiring managers want to see on resumes and we just created this program together so during that time um, it was really important to me to create something that was sustainable and where I'm able to offer a lot of free support, but also continue to hire other people to help this stay afloat. So we have um, a podcast, which is completely free. We share former teacher stories on a daily basis on our Instagram. And then we do have like a full uh, course that has all of our resume writing templates and all of our best resources just in one spot.
0: So what are the most common questions that teachers ask you when they're considering leaving the profession?
1: Oh, what are the most common questions? Oh, gosh, there's so many and it depends on what stage they're at. So right at the very beginning, there's going to be that question of, well, what would happen to my retirement? Or is it a smart move in my specific situation? And for that, that's going to vary. And it's going to be a very personal decision. Um, and I also am not 100% familiar with um, if Australia has like a pension program for teachers in many of the school districts. Is that something yeah. that's common over there?
0: Yeah, they do. And a lot of teachers do want to stay because of we call it a superannuation system over here. Um, so they do want to stay for that. But unfortunately, they, they lose a lot of their lifestyle and probably many years off their life through staying.
1: Yeah, and that's one of those weighing the pros and cons. So we have a resource that we created right off the bat for teachers to be able to evaluate where they are on the pension in the United States. Um, for me personally, I left so early on that it did not make any sense for me to even wait to vest into the pension right. because it was not gonna, it was not going to actually um, equal out to being financially a better deal for me to even stay for two or three more years um but if you're closer to retirement that is going to be a bigger thing to really think about and and to have to weigh another frequently asked question is just what role am i qualified for and then they usually give a very specific i'm a fourth grade teacher and my subject matter is social studies or um i'm you know, I'm a high school English teacher, so what am I qualified for? And for the most part, unless you are applying for very specific roles at education companies, you can most of the time remove a large majority of the subject matter that you taught or even the age group that you taught off of what you were really focusing on. You're focusing on the majority of the work that you did beyond the classroom. Uh That's any time you managed uh, TAs or teacher's assistants. That's any time you were putting in data into an LMS system. That's any time you're collaborating with teammates, um, any presentations you gave for adults. So when you did that back to school training program for all of the new Um, parents in your classroom or any of the implementation of all the different apps or rollouts that you did specifically for adults, those are going to help you with training and development roles. But when it comes to your subject matter expertise, let's say English or social studies, like I said, With English, you can go a lot of different directions. You can really showcase that for writing skills, for copywriting, for editing, whatever you wanna do, or look for curriculum companies that are really looking for someone with that specific background. For social studies, you can go a completely different direction as well. So it's really a lot wider than many people think. Every third grade social studies teacher and high school English teacher both of them could go for instructional design positions. It just depends if they like graphic design, if they wanna learn technology. So there are all these other questions that go with it, not as specific to what your subject matter expertise was.
0: You're listening to Marking the Role, a podcast for teachers and anyone interested in education. We discuss the real issues facing educators without fear or favour. Please follow us on Facebook, subscribe to our podcast and tell your friends. For more info, go to markingtherole.com.au. And look, what, you, what you're talking about brings me to a question from a listener, from uh, Margaret Simpson from, from Brisbane, um, and, and her question was, should I include my teaching career timeline in my CV, or is it regarded as a negative by employers? Interesting, isn't it? That that they say, oh, well, teaching may be seen as a bit of a negative now. Should, should all of that teaching timeline be included?
1: Um, yeah, absolutely. Because that shows that you are a loyal, um, you are a loyal employee, and you have years of really credible experience. That's That's the number one mindset that you have to just shift. There are going to be managers who do not see the value in you. You're going to have to move on from that. And that's one of the yuckiest, most negative parts of this entire transition process is there are going to be people who are going to say, I don't see how these skills translate, but it's your job to sell how your skills translate. So you're going to put your teaching role on. But if you're going for customer success positions or positions with implementation or training positions, you're going to rewrite your resume to showcase every single thing that you did specific to, let's say it's a training position. All you're going to have on your resume is this is how many presentations I've created like in the last four years of your teaching experience. How many PowerPoint presentations have you created? What types of technology are you familiar with to create your presentations? How many training presentations have you done for adults? Um, what other types of things for that specific role have you done? And take out everything about training students or um, state in California, in the United States. You know, we have the state's curriculum where we have um where we have students, special education students, that need to have differentiation. All of these things that are very specific to your classroom, classroom management, all of that, you can strip that from your resume and just really focus on, what does this role need me to prove? And what have I done that is transferable, that is applicable to this specific position? And absolutely keep it on. In addition to that, if you've had jobs prior to teaching, and they have some sort of similarities, then I would leave it on. That is um, depending on how long in the past those roles are. So there's like a couple of different caveats there. But for me, like best practices is, I used to be a bartender before I was an elementary school teacher. The only time I put that bartending experience on is I went for a training and development position for a hospitality, Um, industry Uh, place so me saying I was a bartender I understand working in a bar I actually have this background of um, going through the health codes and everything like that in addition to best practices with like customer service and my experience as a teacher made me more marketable for that specific position I didn't get it though
0: yes yes (laughs) Now, now, it's interesting. Something you mentioned before. I've had a, a, another email from Robin from Melbourne, a teacher from Melbourne, uh, and it's not really about where she should go as a career, but she 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 said, "I have an immense feeling of guilt in leaving the teaching profession. My father was a teacher, my mother was a teacher, and I love the children. How do I get over my guilt?" Now, as a career coach, have you experienced this before?
1: I have two podcast episodes on the Teacher Career Coach podcast specifically about guilt, the guilt of leaving teaching, and one about teachers going through the grieving process after they leave teaching. Going into teacher guilt specifically, I've actually worked with a therapist um, that's helped talk to me about those who are in helping positions like teachers, why it is so hard for them to set work-life boundaries. And it's because the work that they do is meaningful. This teacher who wrote into to you, the work that she is doing is meaningful. Yes. However, at the exact same time she's realized she has to make a change for herself. And the most difficult part of this to really get over is, this is probably the first time in a very long time She has actually decided to put herself first. And the way that she's putting herself first is very counterintuitive to what teachers are used to because it actually hurts someone else. We have bent over backwards for so many years doing whatever we could, overextending ourselves, and we never want to hurt someone because we have big hearts. And this is one of those very, very difficult and challenging situations where inevitably to do the right thing for us, it will hurt someone else. And just acknowledging that there is no way to do this without feeling that and understanding that and then ultimately still doing the quote unquote kind of selfish feeling thing, that is how we work past it.
0: Yes. Um, I think there's many, many teachers listening now would be be saying, yes, that's exactly how I'm feeling. And I have to work a little bit on myself and my own perspective um, before I apply for anything.
1: Oh, 100%. And the, the sad thing about that is with something like teaching and with leaving teaching, it feels like a completely different ballgame than any other career that you're leaving in the sense that you may not feel ever 100% ready because the, when you went into this position, you thought that this was going to be your forever career. Yes. So changing the mindset from that is always going to be very difficult. Yes. You might at no point ever really feel 100% ready, but... If you are unhappy more days than you are unha- than you are happy in your workplace if you find yourself year after year after year really regretting that you didn't at least try during your break to find something new i would take those as signs
0: yes yeah yeah Most certainly. Look, uh, there's another email come from Rachel Henderson. She's an early childhood teacher from from Sydney. Now, early childhood will teach from from age two to five. Um, Now, she probably doesn't do many presentations to parents um, or other teachers. She's saying, what are my career choices outside of teaching if I've been an early childhood teacher?
1: Yeah, lots of different directions that she can still continue to go with that unique experience. And the three kind of career buckets that I send teachers to, the very first one is for those teachers that still really want to work with children. And so I don't know if this would be um, what she she really wants. But if you find yourself still really wanting to, to work with children. Um, there are roles that have to do with education, but in um, hospital settings. So uh. students or people who are in the hospital, there are nonprofit organizations that still work with the youth. And there's a variety of different roles you can look at in nonprofit organizations that are still looking for someone with experience. Once again, most of the time, they they aren't as specific to age group as they are to how you're marketing yourself and what other things you've done outside of just you know, working with students. Thinking about what if there are daycare facilities or facilities where people drop off their children, not for her to actually be watching the children, but are there managing roles yes. at those types of facilities for her to train other people on best practices. Um, any of those are really good starting points. And then once again the middle bucket is the one that at least in the united states is the most popular and so that also means the most um competitive but working inside an education company but in a variety of roles so sales role customer success roles training and development roles marketing roles all of those are looking for anyone with a passion for children with a passion for education but not necessarily needing it as specific to their subject matter. And then the very last one is just completely outside of education altogether. And so with um, that very young back, uh, the, the, um, the age group that she works with, let's say she's probably really organized. She's able to watch all of these students at one time. Maybe she's in charge of keeping a really great organized detail list of potentially like what their um, what their schedules are or what they're allergic to or all of their different um, things. If you're really highly organized, there's um, executive assistant positions. If you've always really liked working with calendars or schedules, you can really showcase all of that into assistant roles. Office yes. manager roles are really popular ones that are off of people's radar, but it still helps you have like a team that you're helping and you're supporting and you're doing something, but in just a completely different environment.
0: Yes. <laughs> look, Something you just mentioned then about outside teaching. In our last episode uh, of season two, it was mentioned that um, A teacher's felt um, like they were in a Stockholm syndrome, like they had to have a cup of tea at a certain time. They had to have their lunch at a certain time. They could never leave school early to pick up their kids or go to the doctor. But when they go to a different job, there is a a sense of freedom, which they find very, very different and often scary that they're not limited by those hours that they've had in a school environment. Has anyone ever mentioned that to you?
1: One hundred percent. One of the biggest concerns I had when I left is I kept thinking, am I going to get fired? Because (laughs) I wasn't getting micromanaged. I wasn't, I didn't have someone over my shoulder constantly telling me you're doing this bad, or we got this email that you did this bad, or (laughs) the same things that happened with, with teaching have traumatized me in the way that I was expecting constant negative feedback. And then if it was just dead air silence, I had all this autonomy, the time management was up to me. That was terrifying for the first couple of months of me reaching out to my coworkers like, hey, is this, am I doing a good job? (laughs) And so it is something that people have to overcome. There's a lot of shock when people hear about the benefits at these companies, because at least in the United States, there's this um you know we call it the golden handcuffs of oh you have a great pension or you have the summers off or teaching has such amazing benefits and they kind of tell you this over and over and over again in a in a way that it you're fearful of the next thing being risky or um being you know not as stable and then you get into this position and Put, if it's a tech company and they give you free breakfasts and lunch catered and unlimited paid time off and they let you take the day off to go to the doctor and you, know, you don't have to do all this paperwork, it starts to feel unreal like, wait, they do have a matching 401k. I do have... All of these things that I was fed to believe I only had in teaching and that I was lucky to stay in this position, to have this stability, to have such great benefits. But then I went over here and they paid for you know, me to go to a therapist or me to have a gym. Yeah. Um, yeah, so, yeah. so lots of shock once people leave. And not every working environment is going to be a Google or a Microsoft with all of these great perks. But even the very small things like if you're working a remote position, being able to take a mental health walk, if you're working at an office and being able to say, hey, I need to take a couple minutes or I'm going to go to the restroom or actually, you know what, my cat had an emergency. I need to leave halfway through the day. Those little things do add up with people's uh, health.
0: Yes, indeed. Look, um, we're just a couple of minutes left, Daphne, but a final question from Brett Hargraves from Sydney. And he says, I still love teaching, but I hate what's happening here, he means in Sydney with education. Would I find it better teaching in the UAE or Iraq for a lot of money or would I find that disappointing? Now, that might this might not fall into your into your area, but I know that they are after teachers in um, the Middle East. Have you had experience with that?
1: I have not. I have one episode of the Teacher Career Coach Podcast where I interviewed someone who shared all of her best practices about teaching abroad, how to actually get the role, where to look for those roles. I would recommend that they look into that episode of the teacher career coach podcast, it's called teaching abroad. Uh, I think her name was Josh. and and listen to that, but I can't give any really specific feedback about whether or not I think one is better than the other. And once again, every single thing I've talked about on this podcast is gonna be subjective to your own personality, to what you're looking for with a career, to so many questions that one sentence questions aren't going to actually answer for me it's really important for you to weigh the pros and cons and all the unique factors in your life and what you're really looking for in the next career before you make a decision because it's not a one-size-fits-all answer for you know even leaving
0: yes Daphne your business teacher career coach people can look it up here from Australia by going to teachercareercoach.com would that be right Yes. And you've got some great uh, little tools on that, like um, little, little tests. Are you willing to, or are you ready to leave teaching? That sort of thing. Um, so I think you'll find quite a few Australian teachers going to you.
1: Thank you so much for having me. This was really great. Hopefully it was helpful.
0: Thanks, Daphne. Thank you very much. And you've been listening to a special bonus podcast on leaving the field and a career guide for teachers. My name's Phil Dye. This is Marking the Roll. Our next regular episode, which is the first episode of Season 3, can be heard on Wednesday the 19th of October. Hopefully I'll see you then.